Welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah, and I'm here today with Jen and Ashley. This is Ashley. We'll chat about our Unabridged Book Club's pick of the month, recommend related books, and share our nerdy English teacher love of reading with our Unabridged highlights and with short episodes featuring targeted topics. To follow along with our schedule, visit our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. You want opinions about books? We've got them. This is Jen. Welcome to Unabridged. Um, Today, we're going to have our inaugural author interview with Nadine Brandis, whose new book, Romanov, is coming out in May. Um, Remind me of the date. I'm sorry. May 7th. May 7th. Thank you. Um, So we have all read the book and are excited to talk to Nadine about it. Welcome, Nadine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be your inaugural interview. (laughs) We're excited to have you. Um, So we just wanted to start to get to know you a little bit. Um, Do you want to talk maybe about how you started writing books and getting books published? Yeah, I, um, I've i always enjoyed writing, and I feel like that's the story for a lot of authors is I was little and I loved to write, but uh-huh. it wasn't uh-huh. until college that I actually thought about writing for publication, and I had stories that um, were much more developed than just kind of the scribbles when I was younger, and I did not go to college for anything writing-related. I actually studied in more of a medical field. But Mm -hmm. once I graduated, I had the story for my first book that was published with a small press called A Time to Die. Mm -hmm. And I had written it and I'd met the publisher at a writer's conference. And through that connection is how I kind of forayed into the publishing world. And that was my stepping stone to HarperCollins, where I got picked up with Fox and Romanov to officially step into the YA publishing realm. Okay. Cool. Is there anything that has really surprised you about being an author or about working with publishers or anything about your career that has shocked you? Uh, I've been really surprised by the community that comes through being a published author. Prior to being published, authors just seemed very untouchable. And I was a bookworm and a fangirl before I was an author. And then on this side of publishing, I realized how small of a community it actually is and how supportive it can be. So Mm -hmm. that's been a really positive surprise. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I noticed I follow you on Instagram and I see the way you, you know, there's a community of you who definitely seem to be, you know, promoting each other's books. And I've really enjoyed following that. Yeah, that's been a lot of fun to connect and also be able to help support each other. Mm-hmm. And your pictures are beautiful yeah, on Instagram. Are. Oh, thank I you. enjoy seeing those. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, that seems like a lot to juggle because I know you're a new mom too, right? Yes, my son is three months old. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you have a lot going on. We are all moms. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a lot going on. Yes. Yes, I do. Oh, that's great. So what are, um, what are some of your favorite authors or favorite genres? Um, I mean, obviously, my favorite genre is YA, but um, mm-hmm. in that realm, I love fantasy, um, and which is kind of funny because I started writing dystopian, which is not mm-hmm. fantasy. It's more sci-fi, and Fox and Romanov are my first step into the fantasy side of things, but I've always loved reading fantasy most, mm-hmm. so it's been fun to start dabbling in that on the writing front. 
And as far as authors go, um, I'm very inspired by Tolkien and also J.K. Rowling. Those are kind of the two central authors <laughs> in my writing story that um, grew me as an author and just inspired me to write what I do. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, big fans here. Yeah, we are all <laughs> Harry Potter fans. Any <laughs> Ravenclaws in the room? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. yes. <laughs> are you all Ravenclaw? <laughs> um, I can, yeah, I consistently score for Ravenclaw. I, I consistently score like between 50 and 55% on Ravenclaw and Gryffindor. Ooh. So I'm like one foot in both. You're <laughs> like the Hermione I think I've done everything but Slytherin, but recently I have been more Ravenclaw and I feel like reading the description, that's probably most accurate, but yeah. Yeah. So my students have always said that was Ravenclaw. So I used to think I was more Gryffindor, but I think maybe the students knew best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I am not Gryffindor at all. I am a coward (laughs) when it comes to the fight or flight instinct. (laughs) <laughs> same that's why I'm not sure that I don't know what test where I took that test but I was like that does not seem like <laughs> I'm not adventurous at all um, so do you mind just maybe summarizing Romanov a little bit and emphasizing what you want to emphasize and then we'll move on to that yeah um, Romanov is a fantasy a historical fantasy retelling of Anastasia and it's looking more at the historical version of Anastasia than the movie version of Anastasia and it dabbles a bit in magic and it's about Nastya who is the Anastasia character and she, is entrusted by her father to smuggle an ancient spell into exile with her family in the hopes that it will save them from the Bolshevik army that is trying to destroy her and her family and their bloodline. Um, And so that's kind of where the story starts. And of course, while she's in exile, she meets a Bolshevik soldier named Zosh, and enter complicated possible romance as well as <laughs> captivity. <laughs> so what led you to this topic? I knew that I had, all, well, I'd always loved the, um, I'd always been interested in the story of Anastasia. Mm-hmm. And my family and I have been very involved in um, uh the Russian culture since I was a kid. I grew up having um, Russian exchange students in and out of my house my entire life. And we lived in Alaska when I was a teenager. And so I took Russian in school instead of Spanish like the rest of the the schools <laughs> in the U.S. And so it was just a culture that was very dear to our heart. We had a lot of friends um, in Russia and connections, and I'd been able to travel there several times in my life. So it was a culture I wanted to dive into and then a piece of history that I felt like I had never seen it really told from the historical side of things, mainly I'd just seen it from the fantasy side of things. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to dive into that and bring a bit more of the true story to the page as well with a fantasy twist, of course. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's initially what what instigated the idea. Yeah, I definitely see that in the beginning. I thought I've read um, some nonfiction and then a recent fiction piece other than Romanov. And I definitely see that emphasis at the beginning, just, you know, your portrayal of what they're going through is so vivid. Hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah, Yeah. I really see it almost as two stories, one half historical and then one half magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I love the way you interwove those. So um, when you did the research, did you do most of the research before you started writing or did you research along the way? Um, I I kind of did it all through the entire process. Um, okay. So I kind of did a big picture reading um, all of the details before I started writing, but it's not until I actually start writing that I notice what I need to be researching. Mm-hmm. So that's when I got more into the nitty gritty and the timeline of things and really diving into what happened when and who was where and digging for those sources. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, once I have a finished draft and I'm going back to edit, that's when I go back through and do research for descriptions and places and the smaller details like clothing and nature Mm -hmm. and seasons and all of the other Mm -hmm. things that bring the world uh, more alive. That's really interesting. So do you feel like you kind of had the care? So it sounds like maybe this is wrong, that you had the characters in mind first and then the plot. I mean, obviously it's based in history, but with the addition of the magic that that sort of followed, is that accurate? Um, I actually, with this story, I thought more of the plot first and the magic system first. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had Anastasia's character in my mind first, but um, Zosh and everybody else kind of came a little bit later. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I was just curious, did you, have you read a lot of other things, like some of the fiction that talks about the Romanov family, or did you try to kind of stay, once you knew you wanted to write about, did you try to kind of stay away from that and focus only on the history and then tell your own story? I did stay away from it. I actually have several Anastasia retellings on my shelf that I'm excited to finally get to read because I knew that if I had read it, ahead of time. I don't know what my imagination might have latched onto. And I hate the idea of accidentally copying or, um, you know, doing something that's too similar. So it tends to close off my imagination more than um, it inspires it. So I did avoid those while writing to make sure that it was my story that I was telling. Mm -hmm. Um. So I thought that the way you used the magic and connected it with the Bolshevik revolution was really fascinating. I thought that Lenin wanting to make the spells available to everyone was a really interesting commentary on his historical goals. Can you talk a little bit about just how you decided to incorporate the magic into that historical framework that was there? Um, Yeah, on that front with Lenin, it was kind of representing his pitch for communism that he gave to the people and how it sounded good, but there wasn't much follow through. And in fact, what happened was kind of destroying their, um, you know, their history and destroying the the lower class. Um, So that's how it played a part in there. But the the magic itself, the first idea that I had for this story after I knew, oh, I want to do an Anastasia retelling, was this um, picture in my mind of a spell hidden in a matryoshka doll, a nesting doll, Mm -hmm. and how that would be um, kind of the the focal point of the entire story and everything kind of came from that and wanting to use that to represent more of the, the strife that was going on between um, the people and the leaders and all of that um, and centering that more around magic than the actual details of the approaching communism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought um, I loved the spell ink too. That was something Yeah, I just thought that was a beautiful way to portray the magic. And it was something I'd never seen 
anywhere, which I'm sure, of course, is your goal. But yeah, I really thought, did anything in particular spark the idea for the spell ink or? Um, I just, I wanted to emphasize the power of words, because if you think about this entire revolution, so much of it was hinged on words, things that people Mm -hmm. heard, things that Lenin said, and that's what sparked the action of the Red Army and the White Army and their decisions regarding the Romanov family. And so I wanted the magic to be based Um, word-based and capturing that through ink and writing words and how that can affect a person individually and even affect a big group was was what um, brought those details of the magic system to the page. Mm -hmm. Yeah yeah I was wondering um, I haven't read your other works yet Um, did you do you have magic incorporated into those as well? I have magic incorporated into Fox, which is my other historical fantasy um, about the gunpowder plot. And that is similar to Romanov in that there's the historical side of things and magic is woven in. Um, but with the um, my first trilogy, the dystopian trilogy, there's no magic in, in that. It's more futuristic science fiction. Gotcha. I'm excited to read Fox. I bought that as soon as I finished Romanov. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoy it. It's very different um, than Romanov, but I had a lot of fun writing that one. Well, and I have to say, I really love seeing, I mean, I am not big on reading historical fiction, but I love YA and it's really nice to read. Like it was great to read about the Romanovs in the YA setting because I think it makes it a lot more accessible. It's, Mm -hmm. it's more, um, it moves better um, than Mm -hmm. historical fiction. And so I really enjoyed that. And I think that for Fox too, is that something you have found that you like to read about? And that's part of what led you to want to write that way? Or were you just, yeah, what what led you to choose? You know, you talked about Russia and those. Mm -hmm. I just wondered what led you down that historical fiction YA pathway? Yeah, um, actually, it was a very new pathway to me, and this may sound um, non-romantic from the author point of view, but I really did historical fantasy because my publisher said, hey, what about historical fantasy? And so I thought, I bet I could write something like that. And, you know, there were stories that I that I was so fascinated by, like the Romanovs and the gunpowder plot, and I thought, wow, well, I already... I'm fascinated by those pieces of history. What if we added magic to it? And as I wrote it, I really grew to love the genre because I love the idea of educating myself in the history of different cultures as well as enjoying a good story. And so since then, I've definitely searched out a lot of the historical and historical fantasy that's in the YA realm right now. And it seems to be a growing genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's interesting about the publisher, but it does make sense because when I think about it, I, there aren't, I mean, all three of us read a lot of YA mm-hmm. and um, do a lot to try to help kids access YA. And yeah, that's true that it isn't, there aren't tons. So I can see that, that movement. That's, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's great. I mean, I think thinking about student access, yes. it's really a way to invite them into that world. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even I, I'm not a huge historical fiction um, fan. I don't seek that out, but with the incorporation of the magical elements yeah. in Romanov, I, I mean, I was really captivated by that and um, it made me want to go. I didn't have any background information on the Romanov when mm-hmm. I started it. So when, after I read it, I was like, I have to know more. And at the very end, Jen and I were in our classroom after school and, and I said, I'm just going to look up something. And I'm, and I was devastated when I, because I hadn't finished the book yet, but then oh. I 
I read some of the history just in general and I was devastated. Mm -hmm. I was like, what, what's going to happen? And so I think it's a really good um, entry point for students to learn and be fascinated Mm -hmm. and want to know more about history. So Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, So Nastya, I thought her character was so distinctive and her voice was so strong. Was that grounded in historical research? Was the actual Anastasia like that? Or was that purely your creation of the character? Um, The actual Anastasia was very, very spunky. So it's grounded a lot in the reports of what she was like, especially with her brother. They were kind of the two punks of the family. (laughs) And I loved that about her. And on the spunky side, I actually think that she's a bit tamed down in my version um, of some of the fun, quirky, goofy things that she would do to uh, bring that joy to her family. Um, And then as for her boldness, you know, those were some assumptions on my part, but I figured if she's, if she's the spunky one that she is, that the history books record, she must be a bold person. And so um, I took some liberties and some assumptions with that, but the core of her character really comes from how she's reported to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought I just loved her relationship, especially with her dad. I think Mm -hmm. he was one of my favorites. Um, And I just, yeah, I don't know what he was like either, but I just thought the way he was so humble. And, you know, here's someone who's been raised in a lifestyle where maybe humility wasn't the centerpiece, but to see his influence on her and the way he reacted so graciously to people who were treating him horribly. Do, Do you think... I mean, same question. Is that rooted in history or was that your vision of him? Um, That one's a little bit more tricky um, because the perception of him was one thing by the people and a different Mm -hmm. thing by his family. And so it's hard to know exactly what sort of a man he was. But I took it from the point of view of what his daughters would write in their journals And the types of letters that they would write to him and the more family side of thing is where I drew his character. And Mm -hmm. uh, the history books say he never wanted to be the czar. Uh, And so knowing that about him and then just seeing kind of the progression of his reign um, and the things that happened, I think I did a fairly accurate portrayal, but again, I did take liberties in assumptions because depending on what side you're on, you -hmm. could perceive him very differently. And people did, which is why the whole revolution happened. Oh, I thought Ashley had a question. No, Jim was just looking, I was looking back at your author's note. And so she was looking to see if I was going to ask you about it, but I was just, I loved what you had in the back. I mean, I felt like very succinctly, Um, You shared some of what you knew to be true and also, um, you know, what you took your, um, like, you know, took your author's license with, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I I really liked reading that at the end. I thought that was interesting. And I loved about the Spaniel Joy. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, I just think those details are what bring the story to life and what make it interesting for people. So that's really cool. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Oh, I have a question. I, it might get too much into the end. So I think I'm going to hold off. On, <laughs> I don't want to get into spoiler territory. Um, so Rasputin, I think when I've read about him in the past, I, and maybe this is just me, I've really seen him as a villain, but I thought um, the way that you incorporated him into the plot was really fascinating. Um, 
uh, this may be spoilery too. <laughs> you can answer, yeah, you can answer or not answer this one, but yeah, just the fact that he is viewed as a complicated figure, but one who has the family's best interests at heart. I thought was really interesting. I'm trying to proceed very carefully. I think you did a great job. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you, there's even a question in there, Nadine, but um, yeah. So how did you, it, again, I mean, and this may be covered in the author's note. I read this first. So some things are a little fuzzy for me, but did you, um, was that based in research as well? Or what made you decide to portray him in this other way? Um, yeah, that's definitely based in research. But again, I was portraying him from how the family perceived him, um, how the daughters and their mother perceived him. And uh, personally, when I do research, I think he is so creepy. Uh-huh. And um, and so I and obviously so did a lot of the Russian people because that played a big part in things as well. But um, it was complicated in writing him in because I didn't want to paint him as this 100% positive, Mm -hmm. um, you know, positive person. I wanted to capture that complexity, um, especially because there's so much speculation even today onto or into what sort of man he was Mm -hmm. and no one's ever come to a complete conclusion. It's always going to be a mystery. So I mainly focused on portraying him the way the, um, the Romanov children saw him and uh, during their interactions with him and then how Nastya started to question some of that as she got a little bit more of the perspective of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really thought that there were some beautiful themes of humility, like I talked about with um, Nikolai and forgiveness running through the book. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about those. And then if there were any that sort of emerged maybe unexpectedly for you as you were editing, if there was anything that surprised you that you had written about almost accidentally. Um, yeah, the the forgiveness thread was a big one that I had in my mind going into this because I I knew that with the way I wanted to take, with the direction I wanted to take the story, I knew that Nastya would have to face that. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that I think is very relatable for a lot of people is mm-hmm. the struggle to forgive and even asking, what does that look like? And in my own life, I've definitely had long periods of time where I've had to figure out what forgiveness looks like. And mm-hmm. I wanted to capture that in the story through Nastya's character. So mm-hmm. that was a very intentional thread that I think had to be there because of the story that she lives, um, that my character lives. And then the one that kind of surprised me was the humility factor that she sees a lot in her dad. Because at first coming into it, I just had Nastya is spunky and bold and, you know, go get him. Um, And I didn't, I was kind of surprised at how much she ended up encountering this struggle to be humble and how that wove itself so naturally into her character. And which I also think is another, it's relatable for me. And I think it's relatable for a lot of readers. Mm -hmm. So I was excited to see that come out because it's those moments where it feels like, oh, my character has her own personality and I get to discover it. So those are always really fun moments in the writing process. Oh, that's great. Nadine, thank you so much for joining us. Um, We really appreciate 
your being willing to do the interview with us and your wonderful books. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. And I'm glad you guys enjoyed Romanov. Yes. Yeah, we thank love you so that. Looking forward to seeing what you do next. And everybody check out Romanov on May 7th. Yes. And also Fox. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Nadine. Thank you. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We would love to hear them. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, on Instagram and Twitter at UnabridgedPod, or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com, or on our Patreon page. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light. Many thanks to Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer, and Tim Rieger, our videographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged. <laughs>